You're listening to Peel Talks Housing, the Region Appeals podcast delving deep into complex issues around affordable housing and homelessness and efforts to help residents get and keep housing. Episodes will feature residents with lived experience, Region Appeals staff, our partners, academics, policymakers, and other leading voices in the affordable housing sector. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of the Region Appeal or the direction provided by the Region Appeals Council. Hey everybody, my name is Axel Villanel and welcome to Peel Talks Housing. I'm your host for today and today's topic of discussion is housing and health and why integration matters. We are joined today by two amazing guests, Dr. Nahid Dasani and Leslie Moreau. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Unfortunately, it's virtual. I always love the energy in the room, but that's okay. We're going to have a great conversation nonetheless. I would love if you both um, tell us a little more about what you do, uh, starting with Leslie. So I am the manager of client services at the region of Peel in the housing department. Um, I'm responsible for everything that touches the client. So everything from eviction prevention um, through to the centralized wait list, um, subsidy, uh, and uh, then also all of the, our contracts with our service providers who deliver homelessness supports in the community. So the shelters, the outreach team and programs such as that. Wow. Sounds like everything. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Nahid. Yeah. My name is um, Dr. Nahid Desani and I'm a physician who spends a lot of time providing healthcare for people who experience homelessness and poverty. I work in shelters, on the streets, I work in, in hospital, but since um, 2020, I've had the honor and privilege of serving as the medical director for the region of Peel's COVID-19 isolation housing program, bringing um, isolation and housing supports to people who experience homelessness in the region of Peel in the midst of a public health crisis, COVID-19. And I've had the pleasure of working with Leslie as my teammate um, since 2020. It's been a real, real run, right, Leslie? <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. No big deal. No big deal during the <laughs> pandemic. It's, it's quite the role to take on. I mean, let's, it sounds like you two are doing, you know, quite a lot of work and amazing work during a, a very interesting time in the world. But I'd like to talk about how the region of Peel and its partners responded to the healthcare needs of homeless and other vulnerable people during the pandemic. So isolation and recovery sites were established and a number of services and supports provided. Can you both take me through that process? Yeah, absolutely, Axel. So uh, interesting to note is um, Nahid and I actually uh, participated in a um, conference of such, a learning opportunity through the Rotman School of Business uh, several years prior. And when the pandemic hit, he was the first person I thought about. I was like, we need to have some health professionals working with us, obviously, to serve the homeless during the pandemic. Um, so I reached out to him and Nahid and I started to plan uh, what sort of supports would be needed for those experiencing homelessness during the pandemic. And, and just to, you know, add on to that, I think one of the things that's important to recognize is that, you know, while many regions across the country have um, systems to support people experiencing homelessness from a healthcare perspective, um, other regions don't. And, you know, um, you know, in general, there's been a patchwork 
you know, uh, network of systems that have supported people. And Leslie and her team were super instrumental in developing, um, uh, hiring, uh, and putting together a, you know, a new intervention to support people in the midst of a pandemic spanning across the region of Peel and across the continuum of homelessness, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like Peel is very fortunate to have you too, but I would say in the result of this work, you know, alongside you two and your colleagues, would you say it's now easier for people? people experiencing homelessness and appeal to access healthcare? Yes, it's easier than it was before, but we have a ways to go. Um, what we did is we brought in the isolation and the recovery program for those who were experiencing COVID symptoms or um, screened positive for COVID. And then um, they received those health supports while they were in isolation. The great thing that happened is they received supports for other health issues while they were also receiving um, supports for the COVID. Um, so we saw some great results coming to us, both um, hearing from our clients, but also some good housing outcomes. But today I wouldn't say it is easier uh, than it was prior to the pandemic because we've built these great relationships with uh, the medical community. Um, but We've got a ways to go before they um, they have the kind of um, services that they need ongoing. Dr. Nahid, any any thoughts on that too? I think um, uh, one has to realize that what's happened during COVID nineteen is it's put people's vulnerability at the forefront. We've seen how this is not just a virus, it's a, a virus that uh, preys on people who experience structural vulnerabilities like housing insecurity, poverty. Um, we know that, you know, race and, and even systemic racism is a huge factor in who's getting COVID-19 people with disabilities, um, so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, uh, the response in the region of Peel really highlighted the importance of healthcare um, options for people who experience those kinds of vulnerabilities and you know the kinds of people we were supporting in these um these isolation and recovery programs definitely evolved as the you know months and the year uh, years uh, kind of uh, uh, extended uh, throughout the pandemic. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of you know several people we cared for, including you know uh, you know men who were experiencing homelessness, living in congregate style settings where there wasn't a lot of you know uh, space to social distance. Remember, this was all before vaccines. I'm thinking of you know uh, families who had to um, had difficulty you know in their settings, um, isolating when someone got sick or had symptoms. Um, but as the as the actual pandemic went on, we started to support, you know, not just people who met that traditional definition of homelessness that we all are more comfortable with, but also essential workers in our communities who uh, were working on the front lines of the COVID crisis in production plants and factories, people who are at home living in multi-generational households who needed space um, uh, to isolate. Um, and of course, the social and health supports that come with that. So, you know, it, it really did span um, a great uh, a diversity of experiences and the kinds of people we were serving through the program. It sounds like through the pandemic, even though, you know, it's quite a difficult time, we all realized a lot. You know, we discovered a lot, I think, as a human race, but even down to the regional appeal um, with with, you know, us on the topic of housing, uh, you, you really touched upon that. It sounds like healthcare and, and housing is, is kind of one in, you know, one in, um, it's hand in hand. Now, I'd ask to you both, why should health and housing be more integrated? 
do you think it should be more integrated? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think we know in 2022, especially from what we've learned through the pandemic that, you know, people's um, healthcare outcomes are inextricably linked to their access to the social determinants of health. People who experience homelessness in a country like Canada have um, life expectancies that range between 34 and 47 years old, whereas people who are housed lived upwards of 77 to 82 years old. Homelessness is a terminal condition. And in essence, people experiencing homelessness are 28 times more likely to have hepatitis C, five times more likely to have heart disease, four times more likely to have cancer. And so there's no doubt that a connection to access to high quality, safe housing is such a huge part of what it means to be healthy. I think it's something that a lot of people take for granted because um, many people have a roof over their head. But uh, what we saw in this pandemic was the impacts were very real. And in fact, what we do know is that, you know, when it came to COVID-19 and wave one and wave two, we knew that we know that unhoused people right here in Ontario were 20 times more likely to be hospitalized, 10 times more likely to be in ICU and five times more likely to die. So certainly programs and interventions like what we were working on in the region of Peel were a life and death matter for real, for real. And then from the housing perspective, from bringing healthcare in to see the um, housing outcomes that we were getting, not everybody is able to live independently in the community. They need access to long-term care. Um, group home kind of settings, housing with supports. And in order to gain access to many of those supports that are so needed, you really need a partnership with healthcare in order to um, have the individuals referred properly and diagnosed properly. And um, so we started to see those sorts of outcomes as well. People actually leaving our isolation and recovery sites and entering into long-term housing without ever um, going back to a shelter. So um, Interesting. we know that it works. Because that mm -hmm. was my next, you know, I guess, rebuttal here where there are those people who, who may say that, you know, having better health care in shelters can have them stay longer at the shelters. Now, I would, I would love for both of your opinions on what you would say to people who think like that. Well, I think the first thing I'd say is someone who's kind of worked um, for years and years on the streets and in shelters, I've never met a person who actually wanted to be someone who was experiencing homelessness. Uh, homelessness um, may be related to uh, some poor decisions that people make over their lifetime, but more often than not is the result of systemic policy failures around a, social, a weakening social safety net, um, income supports, and an overall lack of compassion in our society and some aspect of unchecked capitalism, to be honest. And so you know, what we've seen over the years, and it really depends on the person you're talking to or talking about, is that, you know, there are different pathways to the street. For some, pathways to the street have to do with, you know, trauma from, you know, childhood and youth. For others, it's people who uh, have dealt with serious and persistent mental illness. And for others, it's just really bad luck due to like, you know, a, an unfortunate sequence of events. You know, many people in Ontario are just a few paychecks away from being someone on the streets themselves. And so what we know is that when we provide people with with supports around physical health and their mental health and their spiritual well-being overall whatever that may mean that people are much more likely to be housed and so you know a connection to access to healthcare is so important to helping people get off the street and become housed permanently and keeping people housed right we know that housing people is only one um one step 
in the journey. In order to keep people housed, you need the appropriate supports around them. And many times those are health supports that are needed. Is talking about keeping people housed. So it sounds like, you know, from the information that I know that the region of Peel's pandemic response, they have the desire to provide transformational wraparound supports to housing clients. And they'd like to create a permanent healthcare service delivery model for people experiencing homelessness in partnership with healthcare providers. So that the gains made during the pandemic aren't lost. You know, all this work you've both been doing, want to make sure that we don't go back to having more people, you know, homeless. So on March 24th, region, regional council approved using regional funds to extend healthcare services for the homeless for up to 19 months while the permanent model is being designed. What do you think will be critical to the success of a permanent model? It's been a long time coming, uh, if, I don't, if you don't mind me saying, Leslie, um, you know, for a permanent model of healthcare delivery in the region, which really um, gives us the opportunity to be able to serve the communities um, that need help and support in our community, similar to what's happening in other jurisdictions across Ontario. Um, to Leslie's point, you know, the, the future of healthcare delivery in the region of Peel, our, our temporary model that we've kind of got approved and the future model will allow us to um, really uh, give people the kind of supports and help they need. I think it's important to really reflect on the fact that, you know, technically everyone has access to the same healthcare supports in, in this country, but not everyone has equitable access to healthcare and customized, tailored access to healthcare delivery for people experiencing homelessness is equitable. And I take it one step further can be justice oriented, where people get the supports and resources they need when they want, how they want, where they want. And this, these announcements really just bring us one step further to that hope and that dream. Absolutely. Right. And we are going to need to work with our partners in the community um, in Peel in order to bring that permanent model to fruition and make sure that we have the, a model that will work for our for our um, municipality. It's it's important. It, homelessness looks a little bit different in Peel than it looks in like in other municipalities. So we really want <coughs> our model to um be effective for the uh, those who are experiencing homelessness in our in our community, and really be tied closely to housing outcomes because, um, you know, we want to end homelessness as we um, as we provide um, healthcare to those who uh, are experiencing. That was a great point you touched on, Leslie, which is um, the fact that the model has to actually be very custom you know, for everybody, because it looks different everywhere, right? It's not a one size fits all type of thing. It's based on so many, so many other factors. Now, you know, as we think about that, would Peel benefit from dedicated funding for healthcare for the homeless? Like, why do you think Peel, as a large urban center in Ontario, has not received funding from the province for this when other areas such as Toronto, Ottawa and Hamilton have? Well, we're doing a lot of advocacy work to make sure that and and this is what the um, pandemic gave us as an opportunity to show uh, the outcomes that we can um, we can achieve in our municipality as to why we haven't had it up until now. I'm not sure. But we're looking forward um, and we're really excited to bring this support to uh, to the population, because, as you said, we're a large municipality and um, 
and uh, it, homelessness looks different in Peel. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at the programs that exist, you know, that service different cities and towns across Ontario and Canada, a lot of the history of these programs is history. Who was there? Who was there first? Who got funding? Um, and while COVID-19 was certainly a tragedy and continues to be for so many who have suffered, the one silver lining can be that it put equity and health equity issues to the forefront, like health care delivery systems for people experiencing homelessness. And so I'm really excited to see what permanent funding can look like. And absolutely, a region like the region of Peel should have access to sustainable funding for people experiencing homelessness like any other region across the province uh, or the country, because there are many people who experience homelessness in the region of Peel. I think sometimes our big cities in Canada, not to say that the region of Peel doesn't have big cities because they do, but some of the bigger cities sometimes get a lot of press um, and as they should. But there is, you know, homelessness has a a, a diverse uh, face to it. Um, it doesn't just happen in downtown urban centers, although that it does. It happens in suburban areas. It happens in rural areas. People are couch surfing. And I think as you know, time goes on, more Canadians are being exposed to what the face of homelessness can look like. And it's it's more um, relatable than you might think. You might actually know somebody who may have experienced homelessness in the ways I'm describing along that continuum. Or you yourself may have been in a situation in the past where you might relate to what it's like to not have a stable roof of your head. So it's all about definitions and it's all about broadening our understanding of what it means to not have a stable roof over your head. Absolutely. I'm really preventing myself from banging on the table in absolute agreement <laughs> because <laughs> the more I do these and it's very interesting for all the people that listen, um, I am not an expert in this field. I am only somebody who's learning very much from the experts that I am here talking to today. And I feel the more we unpack this idea of what homelessness is, is that, like you said, Dr. Nahida, it's such a, there's so many different faces to it, right? And, um, you know, whether it's, it's not what everybody thinks is that um, uh, here's a cardboard sign and a cup type of look. It's every shape, size, look. You could be clothed. You could not be clothed. You could be, you know, have a cell phone. You're not have a cell phone. You could be somewhere where it's not the big city. You could be somewhere in the suburbs. It's very different. And the fact that, you know, we're talking about something as much of a necessity as healthcare that is such a huge factor is is it's glad we're having this conversation because if if we can't get the press for peel you know through other means we can absolutely do it ourselves through conversations like these and that people are listening we can you know make that change um i guess my last question here for both of you is any final thoughts um or your number one takeaways from this conversation we've had? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that I think about in a conversation like this as a takeaway is a, a firm reminder um, of something that we, you know, probably Leslie and I already knew before the pandemic, but that really brought things home during the pandemic in the region of Peel is that healthcare is a human right. Um, uh, and it should be something that is accessible to all in in the ways in the ways that make sense for people. Um, the COVID nineteen pandemic was again such a tragedy, but it allowed the region to develop a model of care to support a often stigmatized and traumatized population through a health and human rights approach, through trauma informed care, through harm reduction, to meet people where they're at, not just 
you know, physically, but emotionally um, as well um, to support their physical and mental health well-being, not just during a public health crisis, but to get them housed, right? And to improve their well-being overall, which can improve the community's well-being um, as well. And so I, I'm, I was, I've been really grateful to be part of this initiative with Leslie and the team, and I look forward to what it can become in the years to come. Yeah. And, and that's so well said, Nahid. But for me, I think that we could talk very similar for, with respect to housing, right? If you, if you don't have a house to live in and a phone that, you know, how do you book your follow-up uh, uh, tests that you might need from a healthcare perspective? And um, how do you recover from things like COVID and, and other things that happen to you if you don't have a home? And I think the other thing that I've really um, appreciated throughout this past couple of years is the magic that can happen when you pair, um, you know, human services and healthcare together and the reach that we have and the, the connections and the relationships that we have can really be mobilized to get some great outcomes for our clients or patients, whatever we call them. I think what a lot of people don't see are the unsung heroes that are actually working all together to, to make something happen. And Dr. Mahid, you said it really well too, which is it starts with the root of the community, right? To make the community even better. And that includes every single person of every status, whether you're housed or not housed. So going from basic needs and, and filling them up and, and, and getting them taken care of through amazing people like yourselves, that's where the community starts to shine and gets even better as it is. So I would love to thank you so much for being here, providing such an amazing conversation. And that wraps up this episode of Peel Talks Housing. Thank you so much, Dr. Nahid Dasani and Leslie Moreau for joining us today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Axel. You can find information about our podcast on our website, peelregion.ca, and you can join the conversation on the Region of Peel's social media accounts. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of the Region of Peel or the direction provided by the Region of Peel's Council.